Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, the New York Times reports that Donald Trump avoided paying taxes, and lots of uh, Biden supporters are upset about this, but uh, isn't that the whole point? Don't we all want to avoid paying taxes? Don't we all pay the minimum, the least amount of taxes we can? Seems like that's what he did. We'll talk about that uh, today. Also, a, a BU professor is upset that Amy Coney Barrett has two uh, young two children that she adopted from Haiti. You will not believe what this nut job had to say about that. Uh, also, uh, local officials are upset that BC Boston College football team uh, celebrated their win. They 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 celebrated their win, and it was not. Uh, they were not social distancing, and they were not wearing masks. And some people weren't happy about that. Believe it or not. Also. ESPN announcer Mark Jones lived through the weekend. We will tell you all about him. We'll talk about all that with Turtle Boy today on the Callahan Podcast, brought to you, as always, by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is with, with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking, insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Colin, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, before we start here on this Monday morning, big, big news day, I need to... Uh, I need you guys to do one thing for me. I need you to uh, pee in a cup. We need a drug test. We need to determine whether you're on something uh, before we proceed. Um, once we determine you're on something, what do we do then? That's I, I keep wondering this when Trump, when our president demands a drug test from Joe Biden, what then? So what if he if he tests positive for Prevagen or some uh, you know mind altering substance? Does he think he'll be disqualified? I mean, what happens if he takes a drug? I don't test? think he's thought that far ahead, Jerry. <laughs> great question, though. It is a great question. It's, I understand bringing it up once because obviously, you know, Joe Biden is not in good health. Obviously, they're going to prop him up in any way possible. And I'm sure he is going to be on something, but I'm not sure what then. Like, if he's on something, Donald, what do we do then? I, I, I don't. Uh, you're right. He hasn't thought that far ahead. Isn't he? Don't you just like think he's strange? To, don't you just think he's trying to like create some kind of headline to yes. see if anything could stick to give Biden shit? Because nothing's really sticking. I mean, you the last episode. Well, no, you did Howie on Friday, right? You went on like a 20 minute rant about Hunter Biden, but that's not sticking. Right? It is amazing. It is amazing. Sticking? Yeah, nobody cares about Hunter Biden. Uh, it, it, but, but <laughs> I mean, I think it's funny. But we we honest. talk all the time about lies. You know, Donald Trump lied about this. He said his uh, the crowd at his inauguration was bigger than it was. We talk about these inconsequential lies. He says, we have more ventilators than anybody. And they, oh no, look, this country has more. And you go, so what? You want to know a, a lie that matters? Uh, Joe Biden said he flew all the way to China with his son on Air Force Two and never asked him why he's going there. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it'd be the first question you've ever asked, like sitting next to someone on a plane, if you're going to talk to him, you'd say, you know, where are you heading? Business or pleasure? So we're supposed to believe he flew for 20 hours or whatever it is to China with his son and never asked him, gee, Hunter, why are you going to China with me? What, what, what's your business in China? He insists and he does it with conviction. He looks to, in the eye and says, I, I never brought that up. And you go, 
wait a second, that's absolutely not believable. That's a blatant lie. You, of course you didn't know why he went. Of course you talked about it. Of course you know he was coming home with $1.5 billion. Has anybody asked Joe Biden, if, if you lose this election, will you accept the results? It's oh, well, I can't ask that question. No, I mean, no, that, that no. seems to be the question they ask Trump every other day. What What would lead you to believe that the Democrats would not accept the results? I don't know. Of the it's nothing about Russia and Ukraine <laughs> and Twenty Fifth <25th laughs> Amendment and fake crowd sizes. I've been hearing for the last you know four years, nonstop. Like they would never ask him that because, like, first of all, they've already delegitimized the election themselves. They've already they've already put it out there. Like Hillary said that Joe Biden should not accept a loss. On election night, period, period. Ohio's going to be counting Joe Biden, ten days. He was instrumental in the attempted coup, and you know, four years ago, when when they tried to, uh, they spied on Trump. We know that now, and they tried to stop Trump even after the election. Hell, the last thing he was doing before Obama and Biden left office was meeting with this cabal and trying to find a way to destroy the incoming administration. Obviously, they decided Michael uh, General Flynn was the place to start and they set him up and we we know all about this now i mean obviously obviously the media has done its best to cover it up uh or not cover it but i mean you said you know before we started recording so nobody cares about hunter biden and and i guess uh you know the media certainly doesn't care about hunter biden but it is the most obvious question and we know the answer that if donald trump jr or, or or eric trump had done half of the things that hunter biden had done it would be non-stop it'd be 24 7 on cnn abc nbc the globe new york times would be covering it non-stop think about this aiden it's a story that includes hookers cocaine putin uh, um, uh, China. I mean, it's got every, you know, Air uh, Force. You're forgetting two. the, the, forgetting the grandkids, Jerry, the extra Biden grandkids. <laughs> right. There's like and two that, of them out there, isn't it? And my question strippers. is if Biden, if Biden wins, will the stripper and the grandkids come? Will they sit on the stage? Well, with them? um, he denies they even exist. He says he has five grandkids when he has seven. Cause he does. You know, yeah. The, the, I, I understand the, bastard, the bastards. Joe's it's, favorite word. Bastards. It's, it's right? hard to keep track of, uh, of uh, Hunter's, you know, uh, uh, offspring, but you got—they're your grandkids, Joe. I mean, you gotta—you gotta be honest. You gotta admit it. I know your son is a friggin' scumbag, uh, but you can say no one cares about Hunter. I know who does care about Hunter: Donald Trump Sr. And that will come up tomorrow night um, in the debate. I. I I set the over-under at seven minutes the other day, seven minutes in. Which are you going with? Because we're taking bets on this. Will the president mention Hunter in the first seven minutes? No. I don't think he'll mention him at all. See, I think he will. Oh, of course he will. Are you I kidding? I think you're forgetting how bad Trump did in the debates against Hillary, in that, especially the first one. He did so badly because he just gets drawn into the – they'll start asking him tough questions, Chris Wallace will. And Trump will unravel like he always does. He'll start ranting about, you know, uh, they'll ask him about his taxes because that's the latest story that's come out in the New York Times, right? And he'll just start ranting about fake news. He'll, they, he's not good at staying on topic and he lets them dictate what he talks about. I, I, I agree he's overrated as a debater, but you don't really think he, he's going to lose the debate, do you? To, no, to that's Joe pretty Biden. hard. It's pretty hard to lose a debate to Joe Biden, I would assume. I mean, 
he he got by in the democratic ones because he only had to speak one out of every 10 times because there's nine other people on the stage and you know you only had to speak for 30 second increments whereas and, and if you recall every time during those debates he would always cut himself off too but like, right. i've well, gone I'm over to ask it we're, we're gonna over set the, we're gonna set the odds on that too i'm gonna i get the odds on over under at four times okay he says either either come on man or come on i've man. talked enough i've said enough those yeah. are his two devices. He's got other, but his two devices, when he loses his way, uh, you know, mentally, obviously he's going to lose his way. Obviously he's not of sound mind. So when he loses his way, he says, come on, man. Or he says, I've said enough. I've talked long enough. Um, <laughs> how, how many times do we hear that tomorrow night? I don't know, but if, if he gets off track, will the uh, moderator put him back on track? Because that Good seems question. to happen a lot, too. I mean, we know who Chris Wallace is rooting for. I mean, I don't know why they, they, Trump's team agrees to have all, uh, you know, Biden supporters as uh, as moderators in the three debates, but they did. And, you know, we'll see. But uh, I, I, you're, it's a great question. Will Chris Wallace help help Biden the way that who was the interviewer the other day who did and Trump talked all about it when Biden lost his way it's funny as hell Stephanie, you got Stephanie rule on MSNBC you have this sound because see it's just typical Biden loses his way and she she is sitting there and you can see her in her face going come on Joe come on you can get through the sentence come on uh but let's can we hear from uh Stephanie rule and her uh her candidate for president? yeah let me let me up to hold on it's gonna take one second it's uh it's loading here for example, the Paycheck Protection Act, you know, one percent of the money's gone out. One percent. One percent of the uh, that's not the paycheck. The 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 um, uh, the uh, the bill for small for major for Main small Street businesses. Lending. Main Street lending. One percent's gone out. I mean, just look. I mean, I know most people don't have the uh, the, the video we're looking at. If you're on Facebook Live, you can see. Did you see the video? Did you see his face? I mean, he's just yeah. lost. He always has the eyes closed now, too. He looks like a lost old man, too. Uh, it's just the complete package of dementia. You can only imagine where he's going to be a year from now. It's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. It's getting worse. And um, he sleeps every day. Like he wakes up. At, he wakes up at six. He campaigns for three hours, and then his campaign announces at 9 a.m. almost every day now that the campaign shut down for the day because so Joe can take a nap and have some warm milk and maybe uh, then debate prep. That's a new thing, debate prep. Debate prep. That's what his team, obviously, the New York Times and Politico and all that, as soon as he calls a lid, everyone is in disbelief. He did it nine times in the first 22 days of, of September. Uh, kind of a big month in the campaign, you know, kind of an important thing we got going on here. And in, uh, in how many days now? 30 something, 35 days. Or um, like that? Oh, whatever. Speaking of debate prep, we were talking before the show about how uh, Chris Christie and Rudy Giuliani are playing Biden for Trump. Who's playing Trump for Biden in debate prep? Do you know? Is anybody have they said yeah, I think it's, uh, that guy? Um, I, I don't know. I forget his name, but he's a typical liberal liberal hack who's on lots of talk shows. Um, he's, he's there in the room helping him. Um, I'll, I'll find it, but, um, nine out of 22 days, you, you mentioned campaign for three hours. He didn't even do that for nine of the first 22 days. He took the day off. He, he just took the day off. I mean, I understand he's not well, and I understand they're hoping that Trump will go out there and, and just step in it. And obviously they're hoping that the media will do the campaigning for him. And they have done that for the most part. If he takes a day off, he leaves it to his surrogates at the New York times and CNN and, and, you know, New Washington post to do the campaigning for him. And they have, I mean, let's be honest, they're doing 
their best. The latest bombshell, and you'll see this all over the place today because, uh, you know, the New York Times is part of the Biden campaign. As I tweeted, it is, it is I mean, you've got to be an idiot to think the New York Times is a newspaper. They have got a hold of Trump's taxes. And um, they're, they said we got more to come. They timed it. Obviously, they've been sitting on it, waiting for the right time, waiting for the right time to inflict as much damage on the president as possible. And I understand if you hate Trump, if you support Biden, you're okay with that. But there was a day that the New York Times was actually a newspaper. The Washington Post were actually newspapers. They are not anymore. They're the media wing for the Biden campaign. And they're they're going to promise they're promising more revelations in the next thirty five days. They just have to time them right. Think of that, and the, you know the rest of the media has no problem with that. They hate Trump so much, so they're cool with it. But a newspaper illegally obtains the tax records and then times it to inflict as much damage as possible, and then acts as if oh yeah, we're just a newspaper doing our jobs here. It's just. It is so wait just, till the tape comes out. Wait till the grab them by the P tape comes out. That that was like three weeks before the election last time. They got something like that. You can guarantee it. There's something oh, like no that. No question. I I mean, I've been saying this all along. We don't know what's coming in the next 35 days, but it'll be, you know, a bombshell. It's always a bombshell. He's always, uh, the walls are closing in, right? Uh, you know, the, 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 it, it's this is the one that, that's well, going to bring him down. This is the one that's going to excite you know, the okay. So who's it going to excite? Who's this? Uh, like it excites the rest of the media. It excites the people that hate Trump right, already. Like, so but I'm sitting think- here and I'm supposed to hate a guy because he didn't voluntarily give more in money in taxes to the government than he needed to. That's supposed to anger me. Correct. It's exactly oh, okay. right. It, right. Makes sense. And and I mean, it's everything about it is dishonest. They're just so dishonest. Um, they um, let me get the headline here of uh, of uh, the the. Uh, story where Trump paid 750000 $750, a year for the first two years of his presidency. I don't know if you're aware of this. It was kind of, it's in the news, uh, probably it hasn't been reported by the New York Times, but he donates his salary, his 400000 400, 450000 whatever it is. He donated it to a different charity. Sometimes it's to a uh, government, to a you know public entity like the Park Service he donates, which I don't understand. But anyway, he donates a salary, so he doesn't make any money. So he pays seven hundred fifty thousand, seven hundred fifty in federal taxes. I assume his his um, his accountants do a hell of a job trying to minimize the amount he now owes. They realize like Trump's a business owner, right? So, do you think this Trump Tower is not paying property taxes in the city of New York, or sales uh, tax, or like they're they're paying taxes up the wazoo in one way or the other? Yes, he gave up his salary, so zero, you know, forty percent of your income on a zero dollar salary is actually zero dollars. So he overpaid. <laughs> like what? And, this is the right, and um, uh, they don't allege a crime. They they don't allege no. uh, a, a Russia uh, conspiracy for years. Well, the last few years, we heard he was hiding his taxes because there was the connection to Putin, to 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 Russia. Well, that's not true. That was a lie. Here's the headline of the New York Times today. It says, President, President's taxes chart chronic losses, audit battle, and income tax avoidance. <laughs> now, well, who doesn't have? Who? Yeah, I have income tax avoidance, too. I avoid it like well, hell. Isn't that the goal? Isn't uh, is that the goal we all have uh, on tax day to avoid? 
It's, you know, they wanted so badly to find a crime or find a Russia connection. That was what they lived for for the last four years. It didn't happen. Now we find out, you know, he lost money in various investments and, and you know, he, he tried to avoid paying taxes. And by the way, he was under audit, which he's been saying for four years. He's not going to release his taxes because he's under audit. Now, that turned out to be true. There is no Russia connection. There was an audit. And he didn't pay taxes because he wasn't making any money. Now, tell me, help me out here. Where's the scandal? There is none. It's like the only people that think it's a scandal people are Jerry, uh, are people who have never owned a business, right? When you own a business, you understand that like a primary one of your goals is to write off as much as possible as a business expense. Therefore, on paper, it's going to look like you're not very successful, right? Because you're not making very much money because you're writing all this money off on taxes. But if you if you if you categorize like little things like this microphone, this 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 uh computer, these are all tax write-offs. So I can just deduct this and I don't have to pay taxes on any of it. It's a great thing. That's what business owners do. And I'm sure Trump's doing the same thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. He spent uh, seventy thousand on hair, uh, his hair for the apprentice, and I'm thinking that's a tax write off. I would think to get yeah. that hair right every day would be at least, and that's grand. that's literally a tax write off. If you're getting your hair done to go on a show yes. that you're on, it's part of your business. That's a business expense. I, I understand trying to like imprint the, imprint things into people's head. Right, seven hundred and fifty dollars is what they're trying to get the public to be upset about. I don't think the public gives a shit whether or not it's $750 or whether or not it's $750,000. I think they give a shit whether he broke the law to do so. Right. So like, wow, no, I don't think that I don't, I think you're miss you're giving the American people way too much credit. The average American Joe out there is just like, what I paid $3,000 in taxes and Trump's rich and he's only paying seven fifty. What the hell? So then you agree. That the this, so then you agree that this is like an effective strategy on their part. Cause they're imprinting. Well, it's effective at winning over. It could it could work with a couple swing voters, I suppose. I, I, I suppose it could, but ultimately, you're just kind of preaching to your base, no? Yes, and I, I think, and it's not a credible source. Obviously, the New York Times is is not credible. There uh, are they still reporting on the bounty that were the Russians paid for oh, American God. soldiers in Afghanistan? I had I had like you probably did, you know, a few Twitter trolls every day saying, "When are you going to talk about the bounty?" Trump, uh, Trump hasn't done anything about the bounty, and it, we find out couple of weeks ago, quietly, of course, that it was all a load of crap, that there was no bounty, that the New York Times made it up like the New York Times makes up much of their reporting. This is, I hate that term, nothing burger. But when you look at it, you say, even if he's losing money at the Trump Tower or losing money at you know, uh, Doral and the golf course in uh, Florida, so what? I mean, even if he's a lousy businessman, um, aren't we judging him on his record as president? Yeah, I, mean, I don't care. Would they be happier if, like Obama and Biden, that he enriched himself through the office, that he used the office to get rich? Would that be better? Because that's Obama. That's what Obama did, and nobody did it like Clinton. I mean, got he got rich through the the office of the presidency. Now, I think in they, their minds, they think that like uh, a Republican talking point is that we should vote for Trump because he's a good business owner and he'll run the country like a business. And that strategy might've worked in 2016, but now that we've, he's done it for four years and clearly the economy was healthy before the stupid virus came along and things were just fine. We stopped fighting wars in the middle East. We de-escalated everywhere. I mean, countries that hate each other are shaking hands at the white house. And uh, so now they have to focus on this and I don't think it's going to be nearly as effective as it would have been four years ago. 
No, and I think I think you're right. I think I've said this all along. In October, we're going to pull the troops out. It's going to be pretty dramatic. And uh, if you're watching, you know, Fox News or you're online, you'll you'll see the story. Obviously, the New York Times will cover it up and and pretend it never happened. But they'll come out every day with saying, "Oh, he took a write-off for this. He took a write-off for that," because they think that that offends you know your average working person. But I think when you get down to you know. What's he doing in the office? If you get past, you know, the attacks and you get past his obsession with the, with the media, and just look at what he's doing. Right? You look at, we're, we're not at war. The wars are ending. You know, the economy was great until the, uh, the, the China virus hit our shores and our government overreacted. That will be the strategy tomorrow night. Biden's going to mention, you know, that Trump killed 200,000 people uh, and the media will, will, will uh, help him as best they can to make it seem like Trump has mismanaged million. It was uh, the, million the virus. But the problem is that they can't tell you what Biden would have done. You know, they don't come up with anything that Biden could have or would have done differently to save those 200,000 people. I mean, they won't make him answer that question because they don't make him answer any real questions. No. Uh, but isn't that kind of a simple response of, you know, Joe, what would you have done differently? It's got I, I, what can you even say to that? I mean, mask mandate, right? I think his, that's the no, way his plan, going. by the way, did you hear his plan? It's everything in it is something Trump already did. You know, I'll listen to Fauci, you know, no, I'll, I'll make sure it's like he wants the mask mandate. Trump never wanted that. Yeah, but that's new. That's only in the last you know couple of weeks. We're talking about what he would have done in you know March or April. Because the new talking point, the new talking point, the, the morning email, Jerry, was uh, that forty five thousand people would have lived if Trump had just put a mask mandate in. That, that I don't know where they get this number from, but it's so stupid. Obviously, it's not true. The reason that the, the reason all these people died is what was on the news this weekend uh, or on Friday in that places like the Holyoke Old Soldiers Home killed over a hundred veterans that didn't need to die. Cause they like, uh, cause they were taking sick people that were vulnerable, like 85 and putting them in rooms together. That's why all these people died. Not because of masks. Right. And we know that how many people over 11,000 people that, uh, Andrew Cuomo killed in New York. We know that now you're right. I think people are, are learning. If, if there was a mask mandate, when would that have happened? Masks yeah. only became, you know, important a month ago, you yeah. know, before that in the spring, the surgeon general was literally telling you not to wear a mask that sure, they I do not help. In fact, they might hurt you. So it's like dividing families apart too. Let me, can I tell you like, so this, I've talked to a lot of people that are like this, right? A lot of them, the husbands tend to be like me and a lot of the wives tend to be more pro mask. Like when I take my kid to soccer practice now on, on Saturday mornings, she has to wear a mask while she's at the field. Only one parent is allowed to be there. So my wife goes, to, I'm like, who cares? Let's go. But my wife, they like the rules. They like the rules. So we both go down there uh, the second week. And now I take my mask off because I'm freaking outside. I'm and it turns into this whole big thing constantly. It's always put your mask on. Everybody else has a mask on. I feel like I'm living in a cult every single day, Jerry. The masks are going nowhere. The masks are going to be here this time next year. Guaranteed. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. I'm I'm in the city now, and I was out and you know going running through the uh, you know, public garden and the common and Faneuil Hall, and the city is back. Boston is back. There are people everywhere. There are people going to, to restaurants. They can only sit six at a table. The rest of the state, you can have 10 at a table, but Boston, you can only have six. But anyway, people are going to outdoors. The weather's good, so they're sitting outdoors. I mean, it was just alive on Saturday. The whole city, 
from uh, and 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 it was good to see. And then I went along the Esplanade, and it was just packed. Soccer games everywhere, um, which you know, kids can't play high school football, but you can play youth soccer. It's just so bizarre and so arbitrary. But people are living their lives; they're getting past it. But you're right; they're all masked up, and it just. To me, it's sad when you see like a three-year-old with a mask. Parents are giving their kids nightmares. They're scaring them, saying this evil, un, this invisible monster is going to get you if you don't put a mask on. You, uh, uh, just tip, folks. Kids don't need masks. Children, no one ever said a three-year-old needs a mask. It doesn't do anything. Kids don't get the virus. They don't give the virus. Leave them alone. Well, they do get not, the virus. Uh, they, they don't. It's rare. Very no. rare. Really? Very rare. I mean, it's my my whole position on that is who cares if they get the virus? Who cares? It doesn't matter if it cares. That's my position. It's like they probably have it. Who cares? It doesn't kill them anyway. They don't even know it, right? Right. So that's there's like there's like no no evidence of a kid giving it to a teacher in the whole world. There's like all right. Today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth here with Dave McDonough again. Dave, can I make a dedication quick? Go for it. I dedicate this to the listener who tweeted at me that they hate that I do this interview with you. All right, is that okay? I don't know what they're talking about. All right, all right. Let's get a market update. We're going to do it every week. What went on in the market this week? Uh, Down three straight weeks as of the end of last week. Make it four this week, Dave. But we talked about this four weeks ago. Market was overheated all-time high. This is important. This is the market pruning, Dave. You like that term, pruning? I love love the term pruning. Getting rid of the dead weight. So I think it's a great time. Long-term investors buy on dips. All right. Best in the business. Dave McDonough, go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement, flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. He gives this type of advice and more each week in the captain's blog that he produces in video and in email form, Dave. So go on. You do both. Go on flagshipwealth.com slash retirement, request the blog so you can get insight like this in your inbox every single week. Dave, thank you very much. Thank you, David. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. You see what Ron DeSantis did? Uh, yes, I did. And I love Ron DeSantis. No graduation, no gradual steps there. It is just straight up. Everything's open 100% like it was in February. Like none of this literally ever happened. And thank you, Ron DeSantis. The media will, for the next, get ready for the next two weeks. Every headline you're going to see is like cases jump in Florida, spike in Florida. Cases Ron DeSantis spike. killing people. That's what this, that's a spin guaranteed. No matter what happens. Which in a state that has thousands of nursing homes, and they did a much, much, much better job than New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, uh, and their governor is trying not to destroy the economy, trying not to destroy the restaurants. And by the way, did you see Sweden? Sweden is back to normal. No one's wearing masks. Nobody's staying home. Nobody's quarantining. Sweden, which has a much, much lower death rate than Massachusetts. Sweden, which I'm just looking at the numbers right now. Sweden has 10 million people. They have 581 deaths per million. Massachusetts has 6 million people. They have 1,364 deaths. They have over over twice as much death rate of Sweden, which locked down nobody at all. They didn't lock down at all. They didn't stop business. They didn't put restaurants and gyms out. But Jerry, they're not like an urban populated area. Like us, like we're, they like in Sweden, they like live in the woods and igloos and stuff. So oh, they do. Yeah, uh, that's how. It, uh, that, that is not true. It's you know. It, it, well, the reality of it is, is if if the if the the disease I'm sure spread in Sweden just like it did everywhere else. But guess what? Swedish chicks are hot. Everybody in Sweden is in good shape. Like the virus picked on the fat country. That's what it comes down to. It's 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 one. It's a weird thing though when you're out like I was on say, all weekend and you see like some. 
woman, nice long, whatever, blonde hair, nice body, and you look around and you can't tell whether she's hot or not because she's got a mask on. It's just yeah. strange. <laughs> I guess it's good I for ugly it's people of- with ugly faces. It's, like no, it worked out well that the protest on Tuesdays. I mean, some of those I, I found out who some of those women were afterwards. They should keep the masks on <laughs> yes. from these Antifas. I'm sure there are people that want to keep the masks on because they, you know, they're in good shape and they have nice bodies. And they say, if I could just cover this face, I'd be okay. Now they can. It's great, but it is it is bizarre. And you're right. It'll be a good question for Biden tomorrow night. Will you issue? You can't do it. It's unconstitutional. But will you try to? Uh, uh, implement a uh, national mask mandate where you can start, you know, arresting people. Not that they haven't done that already. We've all seen the video of the woman at the football game Awful. getting tased. She's sitting in the stands. It's like six people in the stands, no one around her. And the cops try to drag her out and they tase her because she wouldn't put a mask on. I certainly hope the cops remember who their friends were for the last four months. When, when I see videos like that, it's like you, I guarantee that chick who didn't have a mask on doesn't have a black lives matter sign in her yard. No, that's there's no question that she does not. And you're right; it is disappointing when you see cops enforce that because they know how silly it is. I mean, the the woman again; she was sitting in this, no one around her except her family, no one else. She was not breathing on anyone. It's just this this impulse that some people have to control, and they want control, and they don't want to cede control. So you're right; maybe a year from now we'll be sitting here and we'll still be talking about. How crazy this mask mandate, how crazy this craze where everyone feels like if they put a mask on, you know, it'll all be it'll all go away. We'll all be okay if we just go outside and put our mask on. But I'm telling you, in the city, it's 90, 95 percent people are masked up, even outside, even bike bicyclists, even runners are masked up, which is kind of disappointing. But anyway, I'm not going to harp on that. We've talked about that enough. We are moving on to the perfect Supreme Court nominee, the perfect move by Donald J. Trump. He's he's made some mistakes and he's, uh, God knows, had a lot of bad people surrounding him. We've seen, he, he's not good at uh, picking the right people. In some cases, you know, you, you end up with uh, Michael Cohen. You know, you end up with, uh, you know, people around you that don't have your best interests in mind. I, I look at Amy Coney Barrett and I say, why didn't he think of her the last two times, Gorsuch, yeah. I mean, yeah, I like. She was uh, one of the finalists with Kavanaugh. I, so what? What made him pick someone else? She. This is such a good move on the chessboard. He just did, you know, checkmate on the chessboard, and these Democrats don't know what to say or do. They're already you know what to questioning say. her because she's Catholic. Um, you know, can't have can't have Catholics, uh, even though there's like five or six justices on the on the Supreme Court already who are Catholic. The nominee is Catholic. The nominee, and you'll hear hear his obviously not as Catholic as Bernie is Jewish, but he's a devout Catholic. They say the judge makes me laugh, literally laugh to say Joe Biden's a devout Catholic. I'm sorry, there's no such thing as a devout Catholic who believes in partial birth abortion. Okay, that's not. I think he actually believes in that, Jerry. He's he's not a Catholic, but he's pretending to be. Just like yeah. Trump's pretending to be a whatever a Protestant. It's it's you know like Clinton pretended to be a a Christian. They're all you know Obama. They're all pretending. It's kind of funny how we have to always no matter you have to be pretend to be religious if you're going to go anywhere in this country, huh? Yeah, and I think you're right. Like Bernie's one who doesn't pretend. He doesn't care about his Jewish faith or his Jewish ethnicity, but. He likes the Jewish ethnicity. Have. He likes to play that card because that's his only marginalization card. Is 
Judaism. Yeah, but you can't have you know you can't have Elon Omar on one side and uh, you know Rashida Tlaib on the other when you're making an appearance and say you're Jewish. They're anti-Semites. There's a lot of there's a lot of liberal Jewish people that like Ilhan Omar. Believe it or not. Uh, we can get to her. Uh, hopefully, you know, talk about a media cover-up. Watch the media cover-up this story. We, uh, Elon Omar was caught red-handed ballot harvesting. Uh, her people are, are cheating their ass off in Minnesota, and the Project Veritas nailed them. They do great work. This is a, a great expose, and the media will cover it up as best they can. But back to Amy Coney Barrett. She's in the, – the only thing, as far as I could tell so far, Aiden, in this Ben, you know – she, her name has been public for a few years now, but she's been uh, in the news for a week or two. Uh, the only thing I could tell is that she's a legit Catholic. She's actually Catholic. She's not pretending. And here's how you know she's legitimately pro-life. And this thing, you know, this bothers liberals. She has a baby. Her youngest kid has Down syndrome. Yeah, she didn't abort. She knew it. She could have aborted it like. I think the number of people seventy percent I saw was the number. What is it? What is it? Seventy percent is that high? Something like that. Seven? Yeah. Like I was going to say 95 percent. I mean, there's a story. Uh, it was a story. I don't know, but a year ago that Iceland, Iceland has no Down syndrome people, none. And it was like, wow, that's weird. But then you realize they just abort them all. The the whole country of 350,000 has no one with Down syndrome because they've all been aborted. That's is that mandatory? Huh? Is it mandatory? <laughs> like, but no, seriously, how do you have nobody voluntarily wants to? Uh, that's a good question. They get encouraged. I would say it's not mandatory, but they're encouraged. So this woman is actually living her faith. And and you know, as Diane Feinstein said, the dogma lives loudly in you. Yes, it does. The the her faith is is legitimate. She's not pretending, unlike most people in Washington, unlike most politicians. She's got seven kids. She's got one with Down syndrome. She's got two from Haiti. Now that's this, the really controversial part. Actually, this I didn't think we would see. You know, you know this guy well, Ibram Kendi. Again, I, I point this out all the time. Just when you think BU couldn't be more of an embarrassment as a school, I mean, they produced AOC, Alex Reamer. I mean, you think of BU, you think clown college, right? You think clown college. This is a paid professor at BU, Ibram Kendi. Now, you know the grift he runs. He's a anti-racist. Here's the tweet. If you're watching on Facebook, here's the tweet. He is criticizing her, questioning her uh, uh, decision to adopt two children from Haiti and comparing her to colonizers who would, quote, civilize savage children. I mean, this is so friggin' over the top. Uh, it's, it's almost hard to believe. It's almost hard to believe that, they, that this guy tweeted that out and then defended it, by the way, um, talking about the white colonizers adopting you know, savage children. That's his reaction. I mean, isn't that, isn't that picture, that photo that uh, Colony just popped up there? Isn't that family photo just the greatest? Oh, family? yeah. Like like you said, it's more diverse than the Boston Globe. It's, it's it her. She has more diversity in her family than the Boston Globe has in their, uh, or the Boston Red Sox have in their front office or the Boston Globe. I mean, that's real diversity. You know, if you're into skin color, I mean, obviously, like, what are they talking about? Probably not all that diverse, but. Can you imagine seeing that family photo and thinking, 
comparing her to like a slave owner. It's insane. Can you think of like how, what a cruel and awful person you must be to see kids like that and be like, you are better off in Haiti than living with this white woman. Cause living with this white woman offends my sensibilities. So I want you to live in a third world shit old country, which by the way, have we like the, I don't know who their children's birth parents are, but they look of about the age where mom and dad could have died in an earthquake. I don't know if people remember that. There's a pretty devastating earthquake. A lot of people in Haiti died. It happens right. a lot. Like bad I things think, are I always. Think were. I Haiti. think she said they were, I think they, I, they, yeah. I think, I think at least one of them was uh, also, they could have been saved by the Clinton Foundation, but we know that what a scam that is. They were supposed to be, uh, you know, sending all kinds of money and supplies over to Haiti. Clinton, the Clintons were scamming the poor people of Haiti. Amy Coney Barrett was saving them. Good luck. Good luck to. Well, uh, you, you see know, who endorsed? Did you, did you see Richard who? Richard Blumenthal and uh, Kamala oh, yeah. Harris and Sheldon Whitehouse. Good luck, you 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 sleaze bags, on grilling her. Well, the, the the big Biden supporter, Richard Spencer, the white nationalist, who is endorsing Biden, by the way, he, he's been on CNN and stuff like that. Uh, he came out, he retweeted Dr. Kendi or whatever his name is. And uh, he said he agreed with this. So they have that in common. I mean, this is, th there's a, a, a YouTube video going around of uh, guys, uh, one guy who is woke and another one, one who's racist. <laughs> and they all, they ultimately say the same things at the end of the day. They, this is what they both want. They don't want race mixing. People like Monica Cannon Grant have a problem with white penis because ultimately they're racist themselves. They don't like race mixing. So they see a family like that and they're like, that offends them. And they're like, how dare you see those kids? Who do you think you are? You white savior. How dare you let those kids run in Haiti in an orphanage. <laughs> you, you think of this, you say, and I, again, I, I don't know why Trump waited, you know, four years to, to nominate this, this wonderful woman. And maybe we'll learn something we don't know, but she's been vetted already. She's been gone before this Senate already. She seems perfect. Now, maybe she'll go soft when she gets to D.C., you know, like David Souter or, or like uh, John Roberts. Maybe she'll be a traitor like some other Republicans. She's going to be the so next far, Clarence Thomas. This, this just Clarence. puts them in a box. They have hearings. We're going to have hearings. October 12th, Lindsey Graham is going to be chairing these hearings. And they're going to, and some of them, you know, some of them say they don't want to meet with her. Kristen Gillibrand, Richard Brumenthal said she's a, 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 a extremist. They don't want to meet with her. Well, good. If they don't want to question her, even better. I don't even know why they're having hearings other than. That's what I'm saying. Why are we doing hearings? What's the point? Because I think it, they're hoping it'll backfire on the Democrats when they start asking her about, you know, boofing or, uh, you know, whatever her high school yearbook. She can, you know, she can appear to be the bigger person and they'll appear to be the clowns that they are. And there's just no way they can Kavanaugh her. There's just no way. I mean, I don't know what they're going to question her on abortion. She's going to say, you know, I believe in, you know the right to the unborn to live. I mean, look at my son over here. Look at all my kids. Of course I'm against abortion. That's okay. That's what she's supposed to be. Hasn't she already come out and said that like, it's, it's not going to get overturned anyway. I, I don't she, know. Uh, she's actually I, on record saying that like, it's not going to get overturned anyway. And, and do these people realize like if abortion, if, if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, it happens sometimes. Supreme court cases get overturned. You know, Dred Scott was overturned by Brown versus board of it happens sometimes. Right. right. It doesn't it happens, mean that you can't get an abortion anywhere in the country. It just means that individual States, like if Wyoming decides they don't want to have abortions in Wyoming, they don't have to have abortions in Wyoming. So you can go to Colorado to get one. I mean, is it that big of a deal? 
No, it is not. But, you know, that doesn't work for the Democrats. So they make it seem like if you overturn Roe v. Wade, then, you know, as as uh, as uh, Bill Maher said, you have to carry your rape baby to term like, you know, like there's a like rape babies are suddenly going to be you're going to be forced to have them. You can't go to get an abortion. You're right. You really think Massachusetts or New York or New Jersey is going to outlaw abortion? I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but they don't. It's paid for. Like you get our tax dollars go toward Planned Parenthood, which is a different issue, which she would certainly be against. I hope, but it's going to be fascinating. Watch them try to try to hurt her, try to uh, discredit her. It's not going to work. It's going to be. It's a great choice. It's a great break for uh, Trump, and you know they're still busy worshiping. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, just worshiping her, putting her, you know, on display and putting her on the cover of magazines and calling her a rock star. Did you see that one uh, lunatic who got upset because they're calling Amy Coney Barrett ACB? Yes, and uh, and oh, I think a guy, I think Gavin Newsom said it too. He said it made him sick to his stomach when they called they're her selling, ACB. Well they're, well, they're selling the shirts; they're kind of profiting off it. Of, but, of ACB, they can't, only RBGs are use, allowed to use. Initial. Do they realize that RBG, that whole shtick that they're doing there, that's like a, a ripoff of Biggie Smalls? Like that's like they, they call her the Notorious, so she's not even the like. So she ripped off Biggie Smalls, but Amy Comey <laughs> Barrett can't rip off her. What, what are right. these rules? It's just they're losing their minds. That's why I think this, and I tweeted this. It appears to be the perfect choice. She checks all the boxes. Obviously, she's a woman. But it's driving them nuts. They don't know what to do. They want to talk about drinking beer and boofing, and there's nothing there. Even liberals who've worked with her are saying she's great. You can't, you know, she's a great choice. Uh, and it just drives them nuts. And that guy, the BU guy, Ibram Kendi, is is just a great example, the best example of Which, how these by the people. Way, can we talk about him for a moment? Yes, so- I want to get back to him because I know you know the story, and it was part of the. Uh, Part of the story over the weekend when we talked about when people tweeted, talked about him uh, criticizing her for adopting children from Haiti, orphans from Haiti, you know, kids who are living in hell and and bringing them to America. And he felt that that was sort of like, you know, slaveholders, you know, adopting you know little slave babies or whatever. He's insane. This is a professor at BU. Again, if you thought BU was a respectable school, you know, this is this is the kind of people who are teaching your children if you send your kids to BU. Um, and if you send them to the School of Economics, they might end up like AOC. So uh, I would be careful before, you know, going and spending your 70 grand a year at BU. But he doesn't really need BU's money. He has Jack Dorsey's money. Jack Dorsey, and we know is a total moon bat, uh, and we've talked a lot about tech tyranny and the big tech and uh, the censorship, and no one has lived it more than Turtle Boy. But Jack Dorsey thinks, and he tweeted, thinks this guy's doing great work and sent him $10 million. $10 million. For, for anti-racism research, which of course means absolutely fucking nothing. You might as well burn the money. All that means is it's you're just another cog in what we what I call the racism industrial complex. Without racism, without the idea that racism is everywhere, these people would all have to get real jobs. People like Kendi. So he can't wear a sport coat, a tweed sport coat with no tie on underneath and blue jeans tucked in. He would not be able to do that. He'd have to get a real job and wear a tie and stuff like that. But he doesn't want to because he gets $10 million from idiots like Jack Dorsey just filled with white guilt and money and they want to fix racism. And so like, well, this guy seems sharp. He's a doctor. He has a blue check mark. 
I might as well give him $10 million to do anti-racism research, which really just means we're going to put on a bunch of seminars. Like every time we're going to sell these seminars to your school or your, your, your local municipality, whatever, in which we're going to teach you how to be anti-racist. We're going to send a team in there. We're going to you know, pay him $50 an hour to come in there. We're going to fly him in. You're going to write us a nice big check. That's all this is. This is just employing people to talk about racism. That's all it is. And, and, and think of that. If you donated, you know, like whatever, a hundred grand, you'd say, that's a lot, man. That's, you know, for this nut job to, to spew the kind of hatred that he does, that's a lot. $10 million. I assume he's got a big, beautiful office over there at BU and he's got plenty of uh, assistance and he's, and he's got all the tools at his, at, 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 you know, that he needs to poison young minds who end up at BU. You know, maybe they're just impressionable young teenagers. By the time they get out, you know, they're Monica Cannon Grant or they're, uh, you know, they're hateful, uh, you know, racists who think adopting Haitian babies is, is wrong or is a problem. I mean, it's insane. Ten million dollars to the anti-racist, uh, the Center for Anti-Racist Research at BU. Oh, by the way. He's only uh, going to use 10% of it, though. So give him a little bit of credit. He's going to use 10% now. The rest is going in the endowment. You know, so there's 10%. So a million bucks. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's the endowments. Yeah. He's, he, I'm going to guess he probably upgraded his car. Would you say he probably has a nice new, I don't know, nice Beamer maybe or nice. Uh, it's a big scheme. Did you see the, the, the Black Lives Matter Atlanta guy? Have you seen yeah. this guy? The albino guy. So he's, he's white. Albino black. Literally uh, white. He's the leader of Black Lives Matter, but he's not faking it. He's just a black albino guy, which is, and his name is like Trey Truth something. It's something absurd. Yes. And, <laughs> And he spent it on, on cars and everything else, yeah. which I predicted this. Again, I, you know, I'm going to take my did. victory lap. I said you're going to see a lot of these stories. This is just one. You're going to see a lot of them because there's no accountability. They have over a billion and a half dollars that's been donated to them uh, from fools, suckers like Steve Carell and, and you know John Cena and, and uh, The Rock giving Black Lives Matter. And there's no, there's no infrastructure. There's no office. There's no payroll. There's no public... You know, uh, you know, uh, board that is making money. They're just sending money to these to these nebulous outfits in each city that says Black Lives Matter. This guy, no fool. I mean, in Atlanta, said, "Yeah, I'm for Black Lives Matter." He started a Facebook page, had a little link to donate to him, and he took all the money and he partied, which is going to happen in a lot of cities. You and wait. So it's really up to the attorney general in your state to prosecute. So luckily right. it's a red state, Georgia. So they're going to go look into that. Whereas True. like, think of what if, if, if Maura Healy did that with Monica Cannon Grant or, or people like her, there's so much money being made out there off of these hustlers. They're all just hustlers. It's not going to happen in Massachusetts or New York or California. They can scam everybody. It won't matter. They can just enrich themselves and they will. I want to set the record straight. You said, uh, his name, you thought his name was Ibram Henry Rogers, right? Well, he changed it. It's Ibram X Kendi. He changed oh. his name. And don't forget, you got to include the X. He's this, very impressed. This grifter is sitting back at BU knowing he could do things like accuse Amy Coney Barrett of racism, say whatever he wants, do whatever he wants. He's untouchable. Not only has he got a lot of money from people like Jack Dorsey, but he is anti-racist. So you can't touch him. It's This is... Uh, the the greatest racket going, you know. You and I are sitting here doing a in our basements doing our podcast. This guy is in his palatial office overlooking the Charles, you know, millions at his disposal. It is a great grift. It is a great racket they're running now. 
Um, and it never ends. It never ends. Did you know that Shea Concrete has been offering technical engineering semar- seminars for professional development credit at their Ames Mary headquarters since January 2018? Well, now these continuing education opportunities are brought to the industry virtually through the Precast Podcast platform. I've been telling you about the Precast Podcast, the best podcast in the Precast business. It's the only one, but it's good. And you can get credit just by listening. Although nothing can take the place of the in-person training, the virtual education offering to the Precast Podcast are a close second. Shake Concrete Products is committed to supporting two educational-based podcast episodes per month at no cost to attendees. Multiple credit hours can be earned. How easy is that? You don't get credit for the Callahan Podcast. You get credit when you listen to the Precast Podcast. Are you a septic or wastewater professional in Mass or New Hampshire? Contractors, installers, engineers, or job site inspectors who need to earn professional CECs to keep up their certification or license should check out Shea's Precast Podcast Technical Engineering Seminars. Uh, In the podcast, the Precast Podcast is not all technical. Listen and find out more about the company's process, products, employees, and so on. There's even an episode featuring me, the brother-in-law of uh, Greg, the guy who runs Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete Products is not only the lead supplier in the precast concrete industry, but they also deliver a robust technical education platform. With over seven years of experience in operation as a family-owned and operated business, Shea has become New England's premier precaster. Whether it's sun or rain or snow, doesn't matter. Shea Concrete Products is always on the go, and they will drive that extra mile to be your trusted precast concrete product partner in New England and beyond. Check them out, SheaConcrete.com. Uh, I want to get to a couple other stories. Let's 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 talk sports. You want to talk sports? Oh, let's talk this, football. This was the most incredible story of the weekend. Um, um, ESPN's Mark Jones. I'm not sure how many people know him. You'd know him if you saw him. He's a play-by-play guy. He's an ESPN guy. He's been there for years. And ESPN's Mark Jones said over the weekend um, that he does not want to. Um, I want to get his tweets. He didn't want to uh, uh, have a police escort to the game. He does play-by-play, and oftentimes the play-by-play crew, for whatever reason, gets a police escort to uh, to the game uh, that they're doing. And this weekend he was doing Army, by the way, doing the Army game. <laughs> this guy tweets that he didn't want to have police or have a police on detail at um, at the game because it would be – taking his life into his own hands. Um, let me find the exact. He says, Saturday at my football game, I'm going to tell the police officer on duty to protect me. He uh, to he can just take the day off. I'd rather not have an officer shoot me because he feared for his life because of my black skin. I'm not signing my own death certificate. Oh, yeah. So this guy doesn't want a cop on detail in the press box because he might shoot him because of the color of his skin. Now, um, Jason, his later tweets or his previous tweets. Yes. He loved the cops in the past pictures with him. He thanked them. This is, is this not a, a great example of what has happened in our society since, uh, I guess, since George Floyd, right? Yes, of course. People like Uh, this who used to be, you know, rational, reasonable people who who took pictures with cops and thanked them and said, he, he, he literally tweeted, 
I love our police escorts yeah, to the here, stadium. Here's one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I love our police escorts to the stadium. It saves me 40 minutes of traffic. He's got another one from 2018. This is like recent, September 2018. Shout out to the Syracuse Police Department who helped me secure to, uh, the something today. I appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Real professionals. Like it's just nonstop nice tweets about police. And he, he thinks, I mean, and, and Whitlock has a great column, uh, you know, that's, I'm repeating myself, a great column on this, says he's lost his mind. He needs help. He needs therapy. That is, that's the only answer to this. This guy who's been a play-by-play guy forever, who's, you know, uh, in the booth, friendly with the cops, suddenly thinks those cops are going to shoot him because of the color of his skin. We've, not only are we poisoning young minds at BU, we're poisoning Old minds, people like this who are losing their freaking minds, thinking that the cops might might kill him in, in in the press box. It's just so bizarre. And you can bet that he got lots of, you know, likes and lots of comments saying, you know, you're right. You know, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, the cops are, are racist, systemic racism. It's just incredible how people accept this whole new doctrine that Cops are bad. They're all racist. They're all looking to kill you. That Brianna Taylor was sleeping in her bed. And they went to the wrong house and they didn't knock. And the, the, the false narratives have just been accepted by everybody. It's bizarre. I mean, I, so I'm, I get, I get running runner's world. You get runner's world magazine. I, I get it. I sometimes read it. It's feel like, you know, it, it's inspiring. Sometimes you read about, you know, fat people running marathons and you get inspired. Runners World Magazine is all about uh, you know, uh, the race hustle, like everything else. The whole thing is about the whole magazine is about how you know people uh, think run black people don't run, and you know if you run you'll be end up like Ahmad Arbery, you'll get shot by the cops if you dare run and you're black running while black. And I'm saying the whole thing from front to back is about how black people can't run, and I'm going what. It just every it is filtered. Do they down not see the every, Boston Marathon like every year? Uh, I don't know do if they notice that the winners usually aren't white. <laughs> like what? <laughs> every single year. It's just bizarre how we all are supposed to just say, "Yes, systemic racism, cops bad, everyone's racist." Ibram Ibram Kendi is uh, is a smart man, and Amy Coney Barrett. Should just be like maybe young black kids from Haiti. Maybe black people just don't want to go running. Maybe it's not an appealing sport for any. Like it, I, most people don't want to run. Like I, I run, and people are like you're freaking crazy. Like that sounds well, like a terrible like, time. It's like uh, my old friend uh, Jermaine Wiggins, Wiggy. He yeah. would say black people don't hike. He goes hiking stupid. We don't hike. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. Don't see a lot of black people hiking, but no, you don't. He, I mean, it doesn't make him, it's not racist. He just said, you know, well, that's a white person thing. We don't hike. I go, yeah, you're probably right. And it's, you know, they do other things. It's like the people who think it's a big problem because black people don't want to play baseball. Well, it's not that they, they, they're doing other things. Yeah. They, you know, like, they're playing other sports. They don't, not they don't every single baseball. aspect of life has to be perfectly proportional demographic wise to the population. Like not right. everything has to be 15% black and 70% white. It's not everything. It's okay. If some no, things are no, like 90, no, we, are, we are counting. Uh, it's, you know, how many people are uh, in every segment of society it has to be completely equitable, whether they want to do it or not. It's like, uh, you know, the science, that's what got the old uh, president of Harvard fired. He said women don't gravitate toward the sciences like men. Engineering, they're more men. 
I think he had to uh, uh, step down. I think he got you know forced out of the job for saying stating the obvious. There are more men in engineering than women, and and you know what? There are more women in nursing than men. I went in teaching. There's like it's some job drawn. I don't know. It's like it is what it is. They're just drawn to these positions. I'm not going to try to explain why. Of course, there's exceptions to every rule. There are, believe it or not, there are black people that run some. You know, not as many as uh, other sports, but there are some black people that run, and that's okay. It's just no, like they, no. They don't. They want to run, but they're afraid that people oh, will shoot them the way they, they shot Ahmaud Arbery. That makes, um, I mean, they're hunt, They're being hunted every time you go out of your house. Being hunted, haven't you heard? If LeBron be, James is hunted, like, what does he think this is? Jumanji? Like, just <laughs> guy with a gun walking around there looking for? Well, What's well, the Schwarzenegger, nice Schwarzenegger movie, uh, Running Man, where they're hunting, you know, humans? Um, you know, if LeBron James is being hunted, hey, no one has a shot. Nobody has a chance if they're hunting LeBron James. Well, the um, only reason, because he's fast and he can, you know, jump really high. So it's hard to get him. But if you're slow and fat, best of luck to you. <laughs> Good luck. It's, just, it's it's gotten insane. It's gotten, you know, to the point where, I, you know, you, you just have to hope the pendulum swings the other way. And people start laughing at people like Ibram X. Kendi, who uh, I assume is going to double down when, um, when Amy Coney Barrett goes before the Senate in two weeks. She's going to have her kids. She had them with her when she was before the Senate two years ago. They were behind her, you know, her Haitian kids or her Down syndrome kids, all the kids. And they look like a great all-American big family. Um, I'm sure that will the environmentalists won't like that because big families are killing the planet, right? That's I'm not not like big Muslim families, but big Catholic families are killing uh, the planet. You're supposed to only have like one kid or, you know, maybe one and a half. Will she wear a mask at her um, whatever? It's a good question. She didn't do it at the White House, which was disgusting. It really upset me. None of her kids did it either at the White House. Which, by the way, the, the president of the University of Notre Dame was in the second row without a mask on. Notre Dame canceled its football game this weekend because of coronavirus. Ooh, that's an interesting Scandal. observation. Yes. The president Scandal. of Notre Dame went to Washington? Yeah, he, on, on Saturday, which Notre Dame was supposed to play Wake Forest on Saturday, but they canceled because like seven Notre Dame players – got commie cold so that's a th i can't believe that they're doing this what happens if we get to like the playoffs and clemson like trevor lawrence has covid what what do we do then you know what they'll just let them don't tell anyone exactly like, who cares it's have silly because uh, and we've gone through this before but everybody's tested at the white house when trump has no mask it's because nobody is negative and by the way the dumbest thing, and it didn't get a lot of play because obviously most, uh, you know, ESPN people, most of the media are liberal and they're, you know, mask fanatics. But when the coaches, and I mentioned this last week, coaches Gruden and Peyton got fined a lot, hundred grand personally and two fifty of the team. Both of them already had the virus. They're not susceptible. They're not going to get it again. Um, and yesterday, like. Lots of coaches. Hell, hell, uh, uh, Belichick had the mask on his mouth, but not his nose. Shouldn't that be, you know, fifty grand? I mean, and some coaches pull it down. See, Gruden, Gruden was wearing Gruden was wearing a thong yesterday. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Look, go, go search it on Twitter. He had a freaking thong on his face. Look so you've got players all around you who have no masks on. Even injured players, they're not wearing masks. You got like. Some of the officials took the masks off. Some of the, you know, the guys with the chains and everything are picking them off and putting them on. And if you're a coach, you got to pay 350 grand 
for taking a mask off when you yes. know that everybody around you was just tested and there's no danger of you getting the virus. Or if you've already had the virus and you know you're not going to get it again, they insist you wear the mask just because it, it's a look. They want to have that look. Did you see that this was this was kind of random, but did you see this tweet over the weekend? It was from uh, it was local, but it's from the president of the Newton Needham Chamber of Commerce and BC football won over the weekend. So there's a video. Oh, yes. This is unbelievable. Did you see this? Unbelievable. So his name is Greg Reedman or Reidman, whatever. And his tweet was BC officials have said they have COVID, quote, under control. This video shot in Chestnut Hill last night suggests otherwise. And this is, you know, BC celebrating their win. I think it was 48 hours ago, 48 hours before the game, every single player on the team tested negative for COVID. I, I couldn't believe it. If you haven't seen it, and you know, obviously if you're just listening, you won't see it. The video he tweeted out is the celebration in the locker room where the players all gather around and they say, you know, whatever you see it all the time with the Patriots, and they jump around because they just won the game. That's the video he's referring to. I thought it was going to be a video inside like a crowded bar and he's or in something. the Chamber of Commerce? Oh, the president? Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Shouldn't the Chamber of Commerce be under control because the players celebrated? Shouldn't the Chamber of Commerce be like on the other side of the COVID issue? Like you want businesses to reopen? No? no not not here. Are you kidding me? Not not until November 4th. But I, I that was so bizarre. You retweeted that, no, right? The only, I did. And the only, um, all the players aren't wearing masks because when they play, they don't have to wear a mask. But the coaches who are filmed in the video as they're celebrating are wearing masks. So there's literally no problem whatsoever. What, what would the, what would the solution be to this, this, this control freak, this Karen? He would like players when they're celebrating in the locker room to put their masks on after a game. They just spent four hours without the masks all around each other in the huddle hitting each other, hugging each other. He wants them to put masks on when they celebrate in the locker room. These people are out of their minds. It's, uh, you <laughs> and it's like I said, it's not going anywhere. It's like it's turned uh, into something very scary, Jerry, when it's like, why are you wearing a mask? Everybody must wear a mask. What did, uh, I, think, what I did, love Trump. That's why he just normalizes not wearing a mask. I love did, that. What did Josh Zakem run for? Was he was he running against Bill Galvin? Yeah, he ran for Secretary of okay, State. Yeah, yeah. So he he quote tweets it and wrote, shut a period, them, period, down. Oh, <laughs> shut, shut, down. shut the fuck shut up. Shut the shut down. How about that instead? How about shut, shut your down. pie hole? You shut down a college bastard. football team because they're not wearing masks. Unbelievable, these people. They lo- <laughs> What is their problem? They're just terrible. They're terrible. They want to run the country? Imagine giving these people control of anything. You know, oh a good, you know, you know, you know who, who would, if I were, you know, on the fence, who would scare me if I were undecided, not just uh, obviously AOC and, you know, Elon Omar are frightening, but you know, who could be the scariest of all, because she seems like she really believes that is Ayanna Presley. My congressperson is such a, a lunatic. She's such an extremist. She called, she's, she, she doesn't want to vote uh, on Amy Coney Barrett, which is not, is irrelevant. She's, she's in the house who cares, but she calls her dangerous, dangerous. This is a woman who's encouraging people to riot. She wants riots. She wants them to hate cops. She wants them to loot and burn. And she calls Amy Coney Barrett, this loving mother of seven, this, this devout Catholic dangerous. That's, that's where we've reached. This. That's the point we've reached. That Amy Coney Barrett is dangerous to these lunatics. And you're right. If she, if she doesn't wear a mask, that'll be the top. That'll be the number one criticism we we'll get the next. Oh days. my God! I'm looking at this guy, Greg Re- Reedman's 
uh, profile picture. I've never seen a bigger male Karen in my life. Look at this dude. I can't wait to blog about him. Holy cow, what a square. These people are such losers and they're controlling our lives right now. This is insane. Insane. Especially, especially here. Um, but right, he doesn't want college football players to celebrate because he thinks what they're going to kill each other. I mean, these are stupid people. Let's be honest. These are not smart people. They don't know the statistics, they don't know the numbers, they don't understand that college kids get the virus, they get better, they move on. It's, it's how it works. But, you know, they're, they like the control. They like, they, you know, they want us all scared. But they you bring up us- a good point, Turtle Boy, too. Like, like all the people who are retweeting this, liking, commenting, they're all like representatives of the business community. Like, so I think people in the Boston Business Journal retweeted it in court. So this is, this is what, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying they're the business journals, the leadership in, in the community, but this is what they think. They think that <laughs> they think that they should be wearing masks, apparently, when they just I don't know. I, 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 negative. Well, you know, you know, you can see who retweeted stuff now. Yes. And you can see the quote tweets. It's all like, shut up, nerd. Greg, you need to get laid. So I, th- I mean, most people are against this, but not well, in their bubbles. As we've talked about before, they these are people that were hoping, predicting there'd be no football. They were hoping yeah. to cancel everything. They were hoping, you know, there'd be no SEC, no Patriot, no NFL. And every time, you know, a football game is played without incident, without death, you know, without a spike in the virus, they're disappointed. I mean, the NFL has gone through three weeks, no problems at all. Um, I mean, they're going to gradually we'll have fans back, but no problems at all. College football's playing, BC's playing, and that bothers them. You know, they yeah. want us to be hunkered down. They want us to be in a state of panic, at least till November 4th. And every time they see, by the way, this is not just, you know, people without masks. This is really happy people in this video, right? Really oh, totally. joyous Good. people. They want a football game and they're happy. Liberals hate that. They yes. hate happy people. Amy That's Coney Barrett's a happy person. She is a hundred percent. And I am not. She's an angry person. They they do like anger. They like Rashida. That's a good point. They love angry. Yes. Kamala yes. Harris is an angry, bitter, shrill person. They're all angry. Right, right. And, Maybe that's why they hate Trump because he's funny. Because people like and, him. right, and he's and he enjoys himself. Wait till tomorrow night when when Joe Biden gets snippy. He's going to get snippy. Uh, you know, he's not no longer is his wife there controlling him. No longer he's got a teleprompter. He probably won't have an earpiece. He's going to get snippy. All right, before you go, before we go. Yeah, I got to go do remote learning. A couple yeah. of uh, quick thoughts on the NFL. The NFL, I'm, I'm happy the Buffalo Bills are 3-0 because there's actually going to be a pennant race for once in the AFC East, AFC East. That's a good thing. The Patriots look good. Uh, they won even though Cam Newton wasn't spectacular. Buffalo looks like they are. I mean, they they blew a 28-3 to lead and then come back, came back and won. In the final minute, I'm I'm looking forward to those two games. That's at least two division games that will be fun. Not the Jets. Then there's two Jets games, which will yeah. be awful, and one more Dolphins game. So I think at least there'll be two division games, which will be interesting. But can we be? Can we just be honest here? The most interesting story in the NFL is the Atlanta Falcons. I, I, yes. and, you know, I, we we made the point that every week there's two games to watch. There's the Patriots game, and then there's the Brady game, the Bucks game. I would prefer to watch the Falcons over either of those now. Just the, fourth quarter, just the fourth quarter of the Falcons. Boy, that's true. That's it. Didn't it seem weird? Yesterday I thought I was going to watch the Patriots and then watch the Bucks, watch Brady, but I'm already losing interest in the Bucks, even though Brady's there, Gronk's there. It was boring, and I yes. said, yeah. I went well, they're right playing to a boring team. They were playing a boring team. Right. 
not that the Bears are exciting, but the Atlanta every single week it's like the Super Bowl all over again. They have a gigantic Atlanta, three point lead and they blow it. They had two weeks in a row. They had a ninety nine percent probability win percentage or whatever it's called. Ninety nine percent. You know, two touchdowns, sixteen point lead, fourth quarter. They blew it both times. It's amazing. It's I mean, and everybody's thinking they're going to fire the the coach like midweek because it's such a disaster. But obviously they're good enough to get a big lead. So, you know, they're not like the Jets. They're good enough to, to put themselves in that like position. They should be a good team. The Falcons have the one of the best lines in football. It's all first-round picks on their offensive line. They still have Matty Ryan. I know Julio's hurt, but Calvin Ridley looks like the next big thing. They have Todd Gurley now. Like, they should be one of the better – they should be a playoff team. And all they do is lose. And and we get to watch him every week lose, blow it. But uh, you know, this the, it, it's fun. I feel bad for Matty Ryan, you know. Yeah. Although I do too. You know, I mean, I feel I kind of feel bad. We took that. So he could have, you know, he's not going to win a Super Bowl, but he he should have. He could have, and and we took it from him because we wanted one more. I feel. I mean, I feel. I feel fine about that. I'm happy we won, but I feel kind of bad for him. He seems like a nice. Guy. Yeah, and and he doesn't get to celebrate, which means he doesn't get to spread the virus. So that's a good thing. Uh, you know, the Patriots are busy celebrating after the game again, which is just so irresponsible. No, I can't so believe they allow that. Yeah. All right, what's your prediction for tomorrow night, Turtle Boy? Um, you know, you. Uh, I don't know how we're going to grade this like a box, like a fight. You know, we'll, we'll go rounds. I think there's going to be six topics in the debate, an hour and a half. Six-round fight. It's a six-round fight. How many rounds does Biden win? Oh, uh, 0. 0.5. 0. There'll, be a, there'll be a draw in there somehow because, yeah. you know, Trump will step in it. He's not going to win any by himself. Trump will fall over himself. That's his only hope. How how big a win will it be declared for Biden by the media? Will will uh, oh, CNN will Brian Steltler say that Biden you know, wiped the floor with Trump or Biden unexpectedly performed well? I mean, whatever well, he does, sharp, very poignant, very poignant. They'll come up. They'll get the morning email about the buzzwords that they're supposed to right. say about it, and they'll regurgitate it. And uh, but ultimately, it'll have no effect on anything. Every, every single headline will say exceeded expectations in some form will say the former vice president exceeded expectations, uh, whether he, you know, does or not, it doesn't matter, but they will declare him yeah. the winner. And, uh, you know, the, the, the audience, by the way, yeah. over under, I'm giving these another, um, bet another, uh, what do you call the bets of the Super Bowl? The little, uh, prop, prop bets. bets. Yeah. So I have seven minutes in before he mentions Hunter Biden. I forget what my other prop bet is. But this one, um, anyway, Jerry, I gotta get going. Okay, go I'm to late school. for remote learning. Oh, get, the kid's gonna get suspended. I know oh, it's terrible, God. isn't it? Have fun. Sure. Make sure she uh, masks up. Would you please? Yes, we'll do. We're gonna go get it ready. All right, that is Turtle Boy. Um, we are. Uh, oh, I got the the counter, the ticker for the uh, debate. It's one day. What is it? I'll get it. Twelve hours or something. Uh, no, ten hours um till it kicks off and the over under is 80 million viewers that's how many watched uh hillary and trump over or under colinane i'm i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say under i don't know why really? i'm just gonna take it is that is that a legit prop bet or did you just make that up i just made it up i was okay i was gonna say i i looked it up during the show and i couldn't see any for the debate specifically tomorrow which i wonder if that'll come out today or tomorrow I saw like just general how many how many debates will happen, prop bets, shit like that. But I didn't see anything for specifically for tomorrow's debate. 
but I can't imagine watching anything else. I mean, obviously, most of the country is divided. Most want one guy to win or the other. There's not that many undecided voters, but uh, I can't imagine not watching. I mean, I know there'll be other things on. There'll be whatever Real Housewives will be on or something or The Masked Singer. But could you imagine flipping you, you know, the channels, seeing that debate and not watching? When did the uh, NBA Finals start? I know the NHL Stanley Cup's going on tonight, so they're not competing there. And then I think the the Heat Lakers start on Wednesday, so there's literally nothing getting in the way. There's nothing getting in the way of watching that. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. Don't think I'd watch anything else anyway. What about baseball? Is that is that still going yeah, on? I don't even. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I'm I, the only baseball talk I'm willing to have is whether or not Alex Cora is back as the Red Sox manager. Next yeah, year. the Red Sox fired the manager. No one even knew who it was. It's. No. Uh, I never thought I'd see the day there'd be this little interest in the Boston Red Sox, but it, it is incredible. They are less. They're there's, they're less relevant than the freaking revolution. It's it's amazing, and it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch. Do they still have the two hundred and seventy two foot Black Lives Matter banner out in the outfield? I'm sure they do. I'd have to consume the product to give you a straight answer on that, but I, I'm sure they do. But uh, by the way, when I pointed out the uh, Amy Coney Barrett's family has more diversity than the Boston Red Sox front office, nobody refuted it. Nobody said that was incorrect. So you uh, again, the uh, the hypocrites on uh, Yucky Way. I just had the worst season in, in, in history, and it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch. Uh, but congratulations on – when did they finish last place in the American yeah. League? Yes. Yes, they did. Excellent. Excellent. Once again, I think it's – what is it, the fourth time in the last nine years they finished last? I believe so. With the biggest payroll. But uh, anyway, thanks to uh, Turtle Boy, uh, thanks to uh, DCU and Allied Paving and to Shake Concrete and all our wonderful sponsors. Anything else, Cullinane? Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. There were so many people who, I mean, I guess you could almost, it was, an, it was a weekend, so people were getting in the mood. You could almost call the interview you did with Howie as foreplay for all of our audience because everybody was fawning over the fact that you two were together having that conversation. So the it least was such people a good do. time to have it too, man. He yeah. is, uh, he's just the guy we wanted, leaving into the, uh, the Amy Coney Barrett announcement and then the debate, and it's just going to be the wildest month the next 35 days think of what we got going on we got three debates we got a pre vice presidential debate we got the amy coney barrett hearings we have the new york times and the rest of the mainstream media uh, uh doing their best mounting their best campaign they can to bring down trump and then we got a little election going on in 35 days what a wild time to you know to be a, a news junkie can't wait Yes. So go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you like uh, if you like that interview, if you like what we're doing, go leave us a review. Thank you. Tomorrow we'll have the full, we're going to do the whole pregame show tomorrow. We're going to go around the league. We're going to, you know, talk to, you know, talk to Mike Florio and Boomers. No, we're going to do the pregame show for the debate. And I cannot wait. Uh, I know I'll probably be disappointed. My, uh, my hopes up are, uh, my expectations are too high for this. But I feel like we are in the front row seat to history tomorrow night so uh join us again tomorrow thanks to everybody for listening i'm jerry callahan this is the callahan podcast and we will be back again tomorrow why am i stopping no one else stops i don't i can i go home the jerry callahan podcast